Hello, you're listening to Otaku Spirit Anime Cast. My name is Andrew, and I'm joined here with Chris. Yo! Today's episode is a discussional podcast episode. We talk about the news that seems important to us, and then to dive into our community to answer some questions if we have time. Because it's been quite a while since we've done a discussional. There's a lot of news that I need to get Chris's opinion on. There's news? There's been a lot of news. I think the last time we had a discussion was like back in November. We're not going to do everything only back in November. Don't get me wrong. But there is some big news that has happened, and we want to get everybody on the podcast listening side caught up on everything. So it's a good thing. I didn't know the world was still moving. It, it just kind of stood still. The moment that Chris started getting really busy, everything <laughs> stopped. And so all the anime stopped. So don't worry. Now that, you're, now that your schedule is going to start clearing up again, you can just watch it all. Yes. You're just going to have like a big binging session, aren't you? I'm going to have to veg and I'm, watch Onimai and Magical I, Revolution. I was, I was saying. Did you the, watch Onimai yet? No. Oh my gosh. I, I barely got Sam. caught up on on uh, see, on Lisa Lett the other see? day. There's your problem. Everything else must pause and then no, Oni Mai not, must happen. Not Lisa Lett. Oni Mai must happen. No. Oni- not Lisa Lett. <laughs> I do love o- Lisa Lett and 80,000 gold, but <laughs> but Oni Mai. Anyways, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's been fun lately, but it, it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm not going to criticize Chris no more. I, I love teasing him though, yeah. but we have like we have the previews coming next week. It's already happening. That, that, Spring's he, coming. I, I I I there was a little bird that said something about that when we, we were outside earlier. So we I'm I'm assuming so. We've already had like I think two shows in from the the winter. So because oh, we also have um to your eternity ends next Sunday. So it's hopefully gonna have a really good ending. So far, it's really good. Like 19 was really good. So I'm hoping 20 is a really solid. Conclusion. Are, are we seeing? Are we seeing our? Uh, uh, yes, our author. <laughs> our remember, author. I can't think of her na- the sh- name of the story. She makes people cry. Yes, it's it's that that's the thing in in the story. Yes, yeah. So silent so, voice so we're silent voice girl. We're we're actually starting to see. It's always been there. Yeah, always but has no, been. No, Insert said, astronaut. Always they, been. You said they were horrible. Always been. <laughs> it's always been there. Uh, but no, it's it was this last week was super emotional. So I'm 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 happy. Hopefully again, hopefully it has a really good solid ending. But we'll see. I don't know. Maybe it could flop the ending and then cliffhanger it to the source material. I don't know. I I have a hope that they'll fully adapt that. But who knows? Two seasons total with two cores each kind of indicates that they want to do the whole thing. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it just tanks on the sales and they go. No, we don't want to adapt anymore. Sometimes is the case, but we'll see. But yes, we're from otakuspirit.com. That's why, you know, all of your, our links are there. Social media links, Discord's there. Our our link to ways to support the channel, all that kind of stuff is all there. We get, definitely appreciate everybody for their support. We also have a link to our YouTube channel where you can check out all this new stuff. I keep up to date with news videos on a regular basis. So if you can't wait for the discussional podcast, that's where that is well. But again, here you get Chris's opinion, and that's worth more than Andrew's. To some people, the bad people out there. I can't, I can't win everybody. <laughs> can't win everybody. But yes, with that said, let's jump into it because we got a lot to go through, including Chris. You know how much you loved Magical Raising Project? I remember, didn't hate you it. Remember Swim Swim? I, 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 I actually kind of like Swim Swim. So <laughs> you're a pro swim swimmer. I didn't have after all that horrible stuff. The one, at the end, you were the one that, yeah, she did some mean stuff. To exactly. Michael. 
Exactly. Uh, to my poor dig dig girl. Well, that has nothing to do with Swim Swim, but yes, during a, a stage event, they did announce that Magical Girl Raising Project uh, is going to get a new anime adaptation. This is going to be adapting the light novel series Magical Raising Project Restart. So, my assumption is because it's like a game where it's like Magical Girls fighting each other, they kind of indicated there was multiples of them. So, apparently, this is going to be probably a different cast. I don't know if it has a returning character or not, but we'll see. Gosh, I just remember that one girl. Remember when they had that whole reveal after she died and she had something brewing? It was bad. It's a bad show. Don't watch it. I liked it. I'm not going with any spoilers. I, I, I like neither confirm it. nor deny whether or not I know of such spoilers. I mean, I like the puppy girl. Yes, I like the puppy, puppy girl. was the best. Anyways, that's happening. So. Check that out when that comes out. Uh, the official website for Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation has revealed that they will be uh, having a stage event on March 26th. So be on lookout for that. I, I think that's pretty much going to be the point where they're going to either reveal a delay for the second season or probably announce the actual premiere date. I think at this point, on March 26th, we're literally like a week away from starting the spring season. You could pretty much guess it's not going to happen in the spring I don't. I think that's even too late for them to announce it for for summer. So I'm kind of thinking this is going to be a fall show at this point. Agree? Disagree? No. I don't agree. Okay. I, 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 it's it's already starting. So it's this the season two's already started. Yeah, it's already started. Where's it at? It's it's it's. You just haven't seen it. Chris yet. has got the the apparently the secret leak. I guess of the second season. So. Hey, at least, him at least at least I didn't go back uh, a decade. So, <laughs> oh, oh, we're still going to hold that on Andrew. Yes, this event will be at Anime Japan 2013 on March 26th. There's the joke, anyways. Dead. Uh, some other Mushoku news. Uh, apparently, in the 11th compilation volume of Mushoku Tensei Roxy gets serious manga series, which is of course the spinoff manga of Roxy, Best Girl. Uh, it was announced that the series is going to be ending with its next volume in summer. So it's going to be a, a total of 12 volume release of Roxy Get Serious. So cool stuff. I, I mean, not cool because I want it to keep going. I mean, she is best girl, so she deserves to have as many volumes as possible. But, you know, eventually they're going to run out of ideas for the story. Yeah, they need to. Um, I, I, I wouldn't mind getting uh, that in the, the Edis. Uh, yeah, that one Edis volume. Yeah. <laughs> That one Edda's volume. <laughs> Granted, it was like a like a section. Like, it's right here in the storyline, so I'd assume that Edda's story would be a little bit shorter. But, yeah, I, I think I have, like, um, six, se- seven, six or seven of the volumes so far. I, I think I'm missing, like, two still that have been released. And you're not and allowed right to read any of them. Can't read any of them yet. I'm, I'm banned from it. Other good news. Today, I just got the notification that finally, volume three, no, volume seven... Volume 9 of Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation is shipping from Right Stuff. Finally, they're shipping those two volumes. And a s- big shock. Apparently, they restocked three, so three shipping too. So I will officially have the complete backlog of all the Mushoku Tensei Jobless Reincarnation novels. So there you go. I'm happy. I'm happy that I'm finally done with that. It took so long to get three. <laughs> I was really happy to see that three was in the list of shipping. I'm like, oh, it restocked? It finally restocked. I had... The only bad news about that is that I I kept every volume that I finished, I kept 
nagging at Seven Seas to say that um, is it Seven Seas? It's Seven Seas, yeah, Seven Seas. I kept tweeting at Seven Seas saying like everybody complains about how slowly I'm going through the Mushoku Tensei novel series because I'm doing the analysis videos. Um, Mushoku Mondays every Monday. Check it out. By the way, plug. Uh, the this, the thing that I kept joking at Seven Seas about was that people complain about how slow I am going through this, but at least I've gotten this far before they can restock three. It was something I was holding as like my achievement, mm-hmm. but now as I finish volume eight, I finally restocked, so I can no longer use that joke. But anyways, anyways, sad news, but good news, right? Andrew's finally done with all that, so cool stuff. Cool stuff, cool stuff. Uh, during a live stream anniversary event for Blue Archive, so fans of that mobile game, it was announced that the, the series will be getting a TV anime adaptation. So I see a lot of Blue Archive art, and a lot of it's really good. So kind of we'll see if if the anime adaptation, you know, does the art style correctly and, and nails it. I know that, like, I don't know, um, Azure Lane wasn't that good looking visually, but I don't know, hopefully Blue Archive has a bigger budget. Yeah. We'll just dump it in there. Blue Archive ha- does have some fantastic art. Yeah, some good lolly art. It's a lot of good lollies in that show, in that series. It seems to be very focused on lolly characters, and they all look super cute. So I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, NHK has revealed Dog Signal manga is getting a TV anime adaptation that's going to be premiering in fall 2023. The manga centers around a rookie dog trainer named Mew Samura. Uh, Mew's ex girlfriend left him with a dog, and he didn't really know how to take care of it. One day, he meets Shinichiro Niwa, a dog trainer, and the indecisive Miu's life begins to change. Shinichiro also introduces Miu to the groomer, or pet groomer Ritsuka Izumi and a veterinarian Suzunosuke Kubo. So, so, basically, for a, so a, basically, he's going to get a harem because of his dog. Yeah. He has a little big sense. fluffy dog, too. It's a, it looks like it's a poodle. poodle. You know, a little, little fluffy poodle. You don't usually see poodles in Japan. <laughs> Most anime. When was the last time you seen a poodle in an anime? I guess you do see them like with like the the rich families. They'll have like little poodles. Yeah, they like. They usually well, have big they, dogs. They, they love big dogs. No, nah, most of the most of the dogs that I've seen over there seem to be small dogs, except for the yeah. Shiba Inus. They keeping, love their Shiba Inu. Keeping uh, keeping it small so nobody notices, but they're kawaii, so it's fine. There's a lot of Shibus. They love those. Yeah. They, they love, love them Shiba Inus. It's like a, I think it's because there was like one mascot character and it got really popular. It's like us over here when 101 Dalmatians came out, everybody wanted a Dalmatian. That went well for us. <laughs> <laughs> We've actually a long time ago bred Dalmatians and nobody realized no, we how weren't. difficult it is to take care of a Dalmatian. I wouldn't say we were breeding them. So we had a ton We were of them. collecting them. and No, we bred we them at some point. We, we, did, we did have some oopsies up in there a lot of them we had a lot of them anyways they're very difficult to take care of though big dogs too anyways uh katakawa posted a video on youtube announcing the anime adaptation of vtuber legend how i went from how i went viral after forgetting to turn off my my stream light novel uh say apparently a light novel series that covers a 20 uh 20 year old former wage slave uh, yuki tanaka who now works as amongst her idols the streamers of Live On, one of Japanese top VTuber companies. As a gorgeous, polite Aya, uh, Awayuki Kokorone, uh, she delivers the, only the most ladylike content. Unfortunately for her, subscribers count, and uh, savings are rock bottom. One evening, after Yuki thinks she's ended her stream, she cracks a few cold ones and more than a few crow jokes while watching Live On uh, video archives, but her viewers hear it all. 
and clips of her body drunken commentary go viral overnight. Yuki thinks her career is over until her manager reveals that everyone on Live On has been waiting for her to snap all along and gives her free reign to drink on stream. None of this would ever happen, by the way. <laughs> None of this would ever happen, by the way. That would be immediate graduation, no matter how much people loved it. Now, free from all feigned purity, uh, she jumps right into her rowdy, drunk character and is welcomed into the fold by her fellow live-on uh, VTubers, uh, who turn out to be just as crazy as she is. With her viewer counts, uh, views, and finance skyrocketing, Yuki's work, for the most part, uh, it, uh, for the first time in her life, is actually fun. So, yeah, would never happen. It's funny. It's funny. I like it, but never happened. We'll see. I'm, I'm not usually into the drunk comedy, drunk girl stuff, but it could win my heart. We'll see. I, again, it's got two negatives going for it for me personally, is you have the drunk girl thing and then uh, trope, and then you have the VTuber thing, which Andrew is just, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I really don't care about VTubers anymore. It's a massive turn away for me, but we'll see. I, I never actually expected that the next trend for anime is going to be uh, VTubers. I think it is. I think we're going to get a lot of shows about VTubers. I mean, right now we have, what, three slated to come out? We have the Kizuno I one. We have this one. And there was one other one. I think it's going to become a thing. Uh, no. I, I, I don't see it. Thing. It's going to it. uh-huh. happen, Chris. Uh, no, what my expectation was that it, I did have an expectation for I VTubers going see... into anime, but I thought it was going to be every anime was going to start looking like VTuber junk, where it's just characters that barely can move their faces because it's stuck to like a They technically have already art. done that. They've been doing that for a while. What? Making the, anime of it? Making anime out of the, the puppet thing. They've been doing that for a while. Come Which on. one? Uh, the, um, the girls, usually the girls sitting around tables talking to each other. I don't remember seeing one. They've they've had a few of them. I mean, VTubers yes um, do that, well, but I haven't the, seen an anime the of it. Alien Alien uh, Hotels show had that. Alien Hotel show. The song was Alien Hotel. It was the opening for that show. Mm, don't remember that one. Anyways, it's coming. <laughs> it's happening. They know hiding from it. If if the villainous trend goes away anytime soon, I think PP obviously Mike? obviously the big villainous uh, thing right now is villainous. It's called Peeping Life, I want to say. That was all just 2D art. That wasn't really motion puppet looking art. It was art. mocap type thing. But yeah, that, that uh, I want to say they were doing that. Yeah, the Peeping Life was very low budget, but that's just a very skit comedy kind of thing, so But yeah, they they they've done it they've done it a few times. But it was it was the before VTuber became a thing, really. Mm. Moving on, we have the official website for the TV anime adaptation of The Family Circumstances of the Imbalance, which has revealed that a new visual as well as a 2023 premiere. It's going to be one of those ones where it never comes out. I just swear this is this feels like one of those ones where you get a lot of announcements around it, but it never actually comes out. But um, we'll see. We'll see if that one ever comes out. I'll, I'll wait. Uh, good news for the Duke of Death and his maid. Uh, we got a, reve- a reveal of a July premiere for it. He also released a new promo promo video for it. I cannot wait. Chris, I'm assuming cannot wait. Nope, can't. No, you... Okay. <laughs> nope, I'll wait. <laughs> uh, definitely a, one of those series that I loved, even though it does, ha- does have that JC Staff CGI thing going with it, like High Score Girl, but it was just super cute. It's a really fun little teasing girl type of show. It's not like malicious t- teasing girl. It's just very... 
just wake up, dude. She really likes you kind of teasing girl stuff. <laughs> so, um, and very cute, very tragic in a way too. So, and they revealed a lot of story beats from the first season. And I'm like, I kind of want to know the answer to a lot of that stuff. So I'll take it. I'll take it. The official website for the TV adaptation of Heavenly Delusion has announced a premiere date for April, or at least a premiere month for April, so that'll be a spring show. Um, It will be streaming exclusively on Disney+, Plus. so this is going to be the first of the, well, besides Tokyo Revengers, which was what was announced when they made the agreement with Kodansha. For those that don't know, Disney+, Plus made an agreement with Kodansha, and a lot of their Kodansha-exclusive stuff will be streaming on Disney+, and Hulu, well, this is going to be the next one after Tokyo Revengers, so look forward to Heavenly Delusion being on there, unfortunately. <laughs> it's just a thing now. Uh, these, this one is within a safety of the walls. Youth are raised in a nursery-style setting by robots. While life may appear stale on the surface, the children are full of potential and curiosity. In many ways, it's like a slice of heaven. The outside world is a hellscape. Uh, it is most almost entirely void of anything mechanical uh, and now inhabited by bizarre yet powerful supernatural beings, Maru and his aid, with his aid of uh, with the aid of Kiroko Kiroko, is out uh, cross crisscrossing that what was once Tokyo for heaven. But after searching for so long, maybe heaven is more unattainable dream than a potential reality. So it sounds very much so like Promise Neverland. <laughs> yeah, I actually kept thinking of that. So <laughs> it's like Promise Neverland, but the kids stay there, and then there's like these two that are checking out the outside world and changing which... changing demons with uh with robots. What? No, it says it's mechanical. Anything mechanical has kind of died down. Um, there's yet powerful supernatural beings there. So, but the robots are running the nursery. Uh, yes, 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 right. Yes, robots. Yes, you're correct. Sorry. Anything outside of the walls is not working. So no robots there. There might be robots. They just don't know what this is. So we'll see. We'll see. Crunchyroll has announced that it is hitting a pause on Crunchyroll Expo event in 2023. So it's canceled. It's not happening. <laughs> uh, apparently, the the idea here is it's, it's more them focusing or shifting focus from making one big event that Crunchyroll runs, Crunchyroll Expo, which, yes, costs a lot of money to do. Instead, they're going to basically take that money, that funding, and focus on getting, like, packaged groups to different conventions to pop up shops at different conventions. So it actually makes perfect sense. Like, you're, again, saving all the money here, and you're instead focusing on hitting as many uh, shows as possible. So I sort of think it's a good move by them. Um, Sad news for anybody that liked Crunchyroll Expo, but uh, apparently, according to a lot of people... They don't really have much of a a face in a lot of these conventions. Aniplex does it quite a bit. They'll go to different conventions, but Crunchyroll themselves has always been kind of secluded to the expo. So good good news there. Good news there. Apparently, Ken Kali Season 2 is going to finish, Chris. I don't believe it. Um, it's going to come back on March 25th. So if you believe that Ken Kali Season 2 is a thing, I don't believe it's a thing. I, I don't know. You I've... can, yeah. Apparently, I happened. thought I seen it on my country roll. It popped up, I, I thought, thought, and then it disappeared. It was weird. I was like, "Whoa, it's here!" And then I clicked on it, and it wasn't there. Hmm. It's weird. I didn't actually click on it. I was more busy trying to watch other things. <laughs> We're I, trying to watch <laughs> Uncle from Another World that was getting delayed all the time too. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of funny because the Can Call you second season released the same time that Ark Knights did, and they were both doing eight episode series, and they're both mobile games. It's just a very weird coincidence. It's very weird. 
but it, I, now I understand why. It's Ken Colley was trying to leech off of Arknights fandom and failed. Arknights was amazing. There you go. Uh, Katakawa has announced that the light novel series Ishura will be getting a TV anime adaptation. Uh, they released a PV and a key art for it. And this one is the Demon King of the World Has Died. Uh, a host of demigods capable of telling, uh, felling him have inherited the world. A master fencer who can figure out how to take out... Who can figure out how to take out their opponent with a single glance... A Lancer so swift that he can break the sound barrier, a wyvern rogue who fights with three legendary weapons at once, an all-powerful wizard who can uh, speak thoughts into being, and an angelic assassin who deals instant death. Eager to obtain the title of one true hero, these champions each pursue challenges against formidable foes and spark conflicts themselves to battle. The battle to determine the mightiest of the mighty begins. So, Interesting. It was so funny because when I watched this PV, I immediately thought that um, <laughs> I had a, a thought that it might be possibly have at least have an isekai because they have the whole like, here's a fantasy world. Everybody looks so fantasy It cloaks and it's all dark and got a person with a revolver and then suddenly a guy in a tracksuit. And I'm like, wait, why is this dude got a track? What's the what's this obsession with Japan and tracksuits? One of these things that are not like the others. Exactly. <laughs> why are you here yeah so you got it you got the subaru thing going on i don't know it's weird it it has mecha robots so i guess it's gonna be a mishmash world some some grody cgi but it looks pretty fun looks like it'd be a cool little action show so i don't know it looked like they wanted to torture people so oh no they're torturing people where they want to be they want to be edgy the edgy okay okay yeah it was at the very very beginning it looks pretty edgy it will probably be edgy. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, speaking of Uncle from Another World earlier, <laughs> they finally dated the final episode. March 8th, Chris. As a recording of this, two days from now, Chris, we will finally be able to watch the last episode of Uncle from Another World. <laughs> it's only took almost half a year, Chris, but we're finally going to watch the final episode. Are you sure? Uh, like Ken Colley, it's probably not. It probably doesn't exist. No, we, we've officially accepted that it's done. It's done. We concluded it. We reviewed we? it. Oh, it's done. Oh, because we reviewed it. I got you. Yes, it's done. And we put it in last year's anime of the year. So there you go. Uh, good news for Reincarnated as Slime fans. Uh, during a screening of Scarlet Bond, it was revealed that at that time I got Reincarnated as Slime season three is slated for spring of 2024. So only a year away, Chris. Yeah, right. Excitement. But we do have something to hold us over until then. Um, during that uh, screening as well, they said they revealed that that time I got reincarnated as slime franchise will be getting a three episode original anime. This is called Colios Dream. Uh, it's going to be debuting in fall. And Kori uh, Uso no Yome, which is the Japanese title, was a text story included in the extras booklet with the Blu-ray release of the second season. Uh, it became a major story inspiration for the film Scarlet Bond. So. It takes place between the first two seasons, so we'll at least have three episodes to hold us until then. Yeah. It seems like that's a new growing trend, is whenever they have, like, these really big franchises, they'll have, like, a long wait for another season, but they'll, like, throw in some extra episodes in between. Like, um, Dr. Stone did that. Uh, Rankin of Kings may be doing that. My hope is that Rankin of Kings is doing that, because I think in... OVAs have always been a weird thing. They they do those here and there, um, so it's... <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it is a new, it feels like it's n- kind of newer trend of doing that, but it, it does seem, if I remember right, it, it seems like they've been doing those for forever, so. Yeah, but they would do, yeah, they would usually do it like in between, for the Blu-rays themselves. It's never like outside of the Blu-rays, though. You think so? It, you, you usually got the OVAs because they were thrown in with Blu-rays in between seasons, but. As a, buy the Blu-ray, you get more yeah. of the, uh, the, the, the Tensei. Here's the stuff we skipped, so you can watch it now. <laughs> Could have thrown it in beforehand. Uh, during a live streaming event, it was revealed that I got a cheat skill in another world. would premiere on April 6th. So that's another spring show. It's a door to another world stretches out before a boy who has been brutally bullied all of his life. This alternate reality grants him access to all sorts of things, like cheat skill and portal that lets him travel between the old and new worlds. Somebody's copying 80,000 gold, dude. Mm-hmm. can this class loser turn his life around back at home um, some more edgy boy stuff yeah it looks looks very edgy boy so I don't I don't know what his cheat ability is maybe it might be the fact that he can travel between the worlds but his his cheat skill is is being protagonist so everything will fall in his his favor yeah so he's got that, lots that's... of he's got a lot of waifus in the trailer that's for sure I, I wonder if it's gonna be one of those kind of revengey sekai ones where like because it like shows him, like, I think of this one. Um, this, I think, yeah, he's like a big chubby guy, and then he reincarnates and he tackles everything in this other world. Then he goes back to the previous world, and then suddenly all the girls love him. So I wonder if it'll be like one of those revengey Sekai things, where suddenly all the girls like him because he's cute and he's not fat. I don't know. I like the artwork. That's for sure. It's a very airbrush-looking art style. That's for sure. <laughs> it looks very airbrush. Going some very, very, very bright color air- airbrush thing going on. And I'll be curious how well Very it animates. Very bold lines. Yeah. It, I think it looks great. Yeah, the question is how well it animates. It got some very animated explosions and energies and stuff. But all the characters kind of aren't moving much. Except for him. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So news around Nor- Noragami. Uh, the official Twitter account for Kodansha's monthly Shonen magazine has revealed that Noragami will be get ending with its 27th compiled volume by the end of 2023. So it's almost completed. We just did a watch along for Noragami, which is concluding here soon on our Discord. Um, so I've been like rereading quite a bit of it. So it's kind of exciting to have that kind of come to an end here soon. So I'll be probably having to reread the whole thing and get caught up. I, I've I've been like slack. I've been buying them, but I've been slacking on actually keeping up with it. So we'll see. I think I have like six more to get. Oh yeah. Uh no, I have twenty four. So I only need three more volumes. <laughs> Three more volumes to buy, and then I'm finally done with Origami. Cool stuff, though. I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that one concluding. Uh, the official website for Rent-A-Girlfriend has announced that season three will premiere in July, if you actually care. Uh, the, gr- <laughs> the Great Cleric official website. I don't even it. know why you put it in your in your, in your your thing, because... Just, just, just letting some people that care know. Um, I think it- you scared all of them off. Yeah, the greatest, the greatest, <laughs> the Great Cleric anime has revealed staff in a July premiere, so... Uh, this one's the manga based on the light novel series about an ordinary salesman who cheats death and now must find his way into the world as a great healer. Where are you set, guys? Just never ends. This- I, I, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I kind of hope that they do that right. What? Like, actually salesman? try to balance, like, healing a raid and stuff like that. That would be fantastic. 
Instead, it's probably going to be him being a, a wannabe walking around just healing. Uh, yeah, going to a village and somebody's got yeah. an illness and he has to find a cure for it by combining herbs. It'll be that. It'll be that. I don't know. The the closest we got to something like that was don't hurt me, my healer. <laughs> <laughs> she was terrible. Oh, she was the greatest healer of all time. Did you ever ask her? She mm-hmm. she'll tell tell you in a heartbeat that she's the greatest healer of all time. Mm-hmm. He's got to beg for heals. That's all. And then I actually I actually demons. did kind of love the fact that they uh, they brought in a necromancer later on in the in the show, and the necromancer was more of a healer than she was. Right. Right. That was a special show. That was a very special show. Uh, speaking of uh, Mushoku Tensei earlier, the director, of course, is going to be working on Cinderella Girls U149, and that is going to be coming out uh, in spring. So that was kind of one of the reasons why, like a lot of people, including myself, was predicting that we weren't going to have uh, Mushoku Tensei in spring is because the director's kind of tied up with another project. Uh, but yes, they uh, released a new PB for U149 and a visual and everything else. It's going to be premiering on April 5th. And the manga centers around girls under 149 centimeters tall or under four feet and 11 inches who aspire to be idols despite not having producer or gigs. However, maybe with a marvelous dress, marvelous stage, and a marvelous prince, the new Cinderella story follows these small idols and their small rookie producers. So really cute. Um, Basically, idol lollies, which I'm all for. They look super cute. Uh, I, I'm not too sure about the producer. Like, this, when I watched the PV, it was the first time I actually seen their producer, and it's like, this dude looks like Eleven. <laughs> like, why is, is he, he a producer? He's why, totally a Shota. Why is he? why does this producer dude I've just pop up out of nowhere? I, I thought I'd seen a Shota in the in the walking down the street. So that that'll work. Yeah, I I don't know. It's probably gonna be super controversial, but I'm super excited for it because I. I love Cinderella Girls. It's like my favorite idol show. And um, to so I'm hoping that Cinderella Girls U149 will be equally as, as good. And like I said, the, the characters look super cute. So we'll see. We'll see. He's not really Shoda. I wouldn't call him Shoda. Nah, he's not very Shoda. She's very young. <laughs> She's very young. So yeah, looking looking forward to that one. And I'm like I said, I'm hoping that the the, the director does an incredible. I mean, the director did an incredible job with Michiko Tensei. So my hope is that as long as the writing's good, he's obviously going to do a really good job of putting it together. So we'll see, we'll see. If you want some lolly idols, definitely check out uh, U149 in spring, April fifth. I'm I'm marking my calendar. That's one of them, one of the ones I'm most excited for. Moving on, Netflix has revealed a sneak peek video. That it, will, that it will release an anime adaptation of Pluto in 2023. I don't know why I completely read that wrong. Uh, this one is in the distance future. Sentient human robots pass for humans. Uh, someone or something is out to destroy the seven great robots of the world. Europol's top detective, Gesich, is assigned to investigate these mysterious robot serial murders. The only one, the only catch is that he himself is one of the seven targets. So, interesting little one. This course is the uh, drama reimagination of the world depicted it by Astro Boy. So, it's kind of an interesting shift of the story itself. But yeah, visually it looks really good. I mean, there's some there's some uses of a lot of uses of CGI, but it looks really cool. It looks very action packed. I love the setting, and the setup of it. it. Looks really cool. Um, especially the later parts. I had like this little cool scene with these 
these two out in this like re overgrown area of vegetation in a big city and they're like lions out there and stuff so kind of interested in it um netflix obviously on a roll right now so i'm hoping that it ends up being good i mean i was very impressed by 2023's offerings and i'm hoping that or 2022's offerings and i'm hoping that 2023 is a another good one for them so yeah some of the cgi is kind of a little bit iffy but they're 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 trying to do a pretty good job of blending it it looks to me it looks good yeah definitely got a really interesting style to it so we'll see we'll see if that one turns out well i I've, i have high hopes for it but we'll we'll see but yeah yeah Moving on, Toho Animation announced that it is working with OLM to produce an anime adaptation of Apothecary Diaries light novel. This one's set to premiere in 2023. Uh, we have Ao Yuki is going to be playing the lead role, and that's always a positive for me. Uh, this one, I think the PV looks absolutely gorgeous, so I'm assuming Chris is going to like it as well. But yeah, essentially it follows a, uh, a, a girl uh, in the east of the lands ruled by an emperor whose consorts and serving women li- live... Let me, re- let me restart this. In the East is a land ruled by an emperor whose consorts and serving women live in the sprawling complex known as the Hogong, uh, the rear palace. Mao Mao, an unassuming girl raised in an unassuming town by her apothecary father, never imagined the rear palace would have been anything to do with her until she is kidnapped and sold into service there. Though she looks ordinary... Mamao has a quick wit, a sharp mind, and extensive knowledge in medicine. Uh, that's her secret, until she encounters a resident of the palace at least as perceptive as she is. The head eunuch, uh, Jinshin, or Jinshi, sorry. Eunuch. Uh, huh? Eunuch. Eunuch. Jinshi. Uh, he's, he sees through Mamao's con- uh, facade and makes her lady-in-waiting to none other than the emperor's favorite consort. So she has, to, uh, so she can taste the lady's food for poisoned. Oops, not bueno. But yeah, visually looks really good though. I'm, I'm like super, super into this stuff. I mean, it, it, I think it's like the whole aspect of uh, Raven in Inner Palace has got me kind of interested in this whole kind of setting. So definitely looking forward to it. Visually, like I said, looks really good. So the only problem, there's only one big problem with this show, at least for Chris. Are you seeing it yet, Chris? No. Freckles. Yeah, I seen Freckles. Freckles. I did see Freckles. <laughs> she will die because she has Freckles. <laughs> Plus, she's supposed to be eating food before the, the lady in waiting, so she's gonna probably die. But yeah, that's a, that's that's a big beautiful. one for me. Big one for me. I, again, I assuming since it hasn't been announced for spring, it's not gonna be a spring show. Probably not. I don't know. Might be a summer show. I mean, it, it looks like they got a lot of done, a, a lot of it done already, unless they just kind of put together a lot of snippets for the trailer, which they sometimes do, but it looks really good. I'm kind of, I'm kind of excited. And yes, Aoyuki. Did I mention Aoyuki? Uh, I, I think that it, it's probably a perfect uh, character for Aoyuki. So yeah, yeah. Good stuff though. Looking for that one. Again, the, the apothecary diaries. So. Moving on, uh, Square Enix has announced that my Mr. Villain's day off manga is getting a TV anime adaptation. And this one Follows an even organization from another planet is trying to take over the world, uh, over Earth. An extraterrestrial, uh, an extraterrestrial, an extraterrestrial from the organization named General tirelessly fights against Earth's defenders each uh, every single day 
and the battle of life and death. However, today is a day off. So I'm guessing it's going to probably be somewhere in the vein of like that. Um, what was it? Konoichi's, uh, the, the monster development department, like where it's like, these are supposed to be like super Sentai ish fighting thing going on, but then there's, you know, their life outside of that kind of thing. So he goes out and enjoys pandas and eats cake. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> he eats cake. Doesn't really. He seems to have it's a not, thing for ca- for pandas, that's for sure. Not really grabbing me, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, this one I actually was pretty excited about, just the concept of it. Um, but yeah, this one is uh, the... I Shall Survive Using Potions Light Novel apparently is getting a TV anime adaptation according to Kodansha, uh, set to premiere in 2023. One day, the supervisor in charge of watching over Earth was taking care of uh, was taking care of a distortion when they made the mistake that caused Karu Nagase to lose her physical body. Not only that, but reincarnate her into a different, less culturally advanced world is the only thing that she can offer to do to her, do for her. Uh, not uh, not one to take this turn of events sitting down, Karu makes a demand. The power to create potions at any time she, pis- she pleases uh, with whatever effect she wants to have. And it doesn't stop there either. She asks for a magical item box, the ability to understand and speak every language, and the same body she had back when she was a 15-year-old girl. Using her newfound powers, Karu uh, has to try and make, her st- uh, make a stable life for herself in a whole new world. So, Another world is an alchemist was OP alchemist. Like she can basically make a potion that can instantly kill something, uh potion that can revive people. Like it, it literally just makes it to where she can do anything she wants. But hey, she can make demands because they screwed up. <laughs> I always like these I always like these anime where it's always like somebody messed up and reincarnated them in another world and they make like the most smallest demand. Like the whole farming life in another world it's like, "Oh, dang, we screwed up. Um what do you want to do?" Oh, I want to be a farmer. Oh, here's a farming tool. Have fun. It's like, dude, make more demands. <laughs> Granted, the world kind of just magnetizes to that character, so it doesn't matter either way, but still, it's it's kind of funny, that idea. Make the Didn't demands Didn't she say want. that she had, uh, who was her voice? I don't think they've announced that yet. It's literally just announcing that it's happening. Oh, I thought you had said that she had. Oh, there it is. Ren Kusumi is the main character, which I don't recognize, so... I'm assuming a new voice actor. Yeah, she was made B in Call of the Night. There you go. <laughs> they didn't even say what she is in Entertainment she Disregard. She just looks there. Female friend in Lucifer the Biscuit Hammer. Yeah, they don't really have many. Oh, she, yeah, Hiori from uh, Slow Loop. So I guess that's one. There you go. Anything else is like side characters. So you go. And she's even an audience. She actually played the role as audience in Pretty Boy Detective Club. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, there you go. Cool stuff, cool stuff. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Apparently, they finally they finally announced that Under Ninja is going to be premiering in October. So that finally got a debut date. That was one that I've been kind of waiting to find out when that was going to come out. I think they announced a 2023 date before. So that's finally coming out. That's cool. Eminence and Shadow is getting a second season. Are you excited, Chris? Yes, actually, very much. It's going to be still. I got to catch on. up on that. He's excited, but he hasn't finished it. I was <sighs> having. It, it, I'm. I'm. <sighs> I absolutely love that show. Fake I, fan. 
Fake fan. I'm pretty much. Say it atomic. Yeah, I'm gonna be atomic. You know, if I don't <laughs> get caught up, right. on, you gotta say Edge Boy. If, if I don't, if Atoll. I don't, Mick. If I don't get caught up, I will go atomic. No, you have to put the pause <laughs> in there. Otherwise, it's not funny. It's gotta be Edgy Boy, Edge Boy. Uh, but yes, that's uh, staff and everybody's gonna be returning to Studio Nexus for it. So cool stuff. No, no date or anything set for it yet, but. I'd assume probably winter next year at the earliest. Who knows? Uh, Crunchyroll streaming service laid off 85 employees last week. Or I got two weeks now from now. But yeah, that's... Uh, I don't think that's a big deal. Um, it's something that we're kind of expecting with Crunchyroll. Now that uh, they've kind of merged a lot of Funimation in with Crunchyroll. And obviously, Crunchyroll had their marketing people. Funimation had their marketing people. Crunchyroll had their engineers. Funimation had the engineers. Those are kind of two categories you can't really double up on. So um, the unfortunate thing was that was that was an eventuality, unfortunately. So it's sad news, but that's that's again buyouts happen. You mean people might be redundant? Yes, unfortunately. Well, I mean, the, the sad thing is that I've I've been with companies that have buyouts, and you typically see them where they'll they'll see that there's redundancies, and they'll usually go, okay, well you need to kind of shift over here. Otherwise we're going to have to cut you. And granted, most people, there's a lot of people that can't do that. Like if you're an engineer and they say, well, we have some positions over here you can take, but it's not engineering. You're going to probably go, okay, I'm going to find another job because you don't want to, that's what you do. That's your job. That's your training. That's your specialty. So it's an, it's typical with that, but the hope there obviously would be that they would create other opportunities, other jobs that would expand on the company so they can stay around. But it, that's just that's unfortunately buyouts sad news but there it is uh, Rahul Parini who of course is the the big cheese there uh, said that uh, on February 16th that the layoffs uh, uh, were pretty much by integration of Funimation Crunchyroll so that was a something that was already kind of mentioned was going to happen so there you go sad news sad, it's almost sad like news you're there. implying that it was baked into the cake Andrew like it was going to happen it's going to happen <laughs> Um, this is kind of interesting news. The, uh, manga translator, and I'm going to butcher this and I apologize, Kumar, uh, Siva Subranian, I think it is, uh, Kumar, uh, has announced on Twitter that he's going to stop translating Cypher Academy after its 13th chapter. For those who don't know, Cypher Academy is essentially the manga that is written by Nisi Oisin and drawn by Yuji Iwasaki. So, somebody, somebody got broken by Nisi Oisin. <laughs> Uh, he linked an article when he announced this to Screen Rant describing the manga as impossible to translate. Uh, so there you go. Apparently there's going to be no delays for the manga in its English translation because they already have somebody kind of they, – they, they knew this was coming. So they kind of pre-planned it and transitioned to somebody else to continue the project. But I looked at some of the shots of the the stuff that's in there and it's like it's, it's just a mess. Like it, I understand what he's saying and the idea that this literally cannot be translated without – I don't know if it's fully an aspect of him wanting to, not wanting to break the translation itself, but more the fact that it's just it it's too difficult to do that. So not it, against him. I like that. I respect the idea of somebody just not willing to to basically ruin the original tint of it. So and 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 that's that's one of those things that everything that I've heard about Nisi Eisen's work is that he is very very into playing with the words Nikanji, yeah yeah Nikanji. so is it is it a matter of he just can't um 
he's having a hard time with the words or is that just because he's putting so many freaking words in a in a single panel yeah it's like it's it's a it's like literally a like the what was it the let me see the the synopsis of it Iroha is an average student newly enrolled in Cypher Academy, a Spartan school where students must crack code after code after code with barely enough time to catch their breath. Then a mysterious person named Kogoi uh, gives Iroha an unusual pair of glasses with a crazy secret behind them. It's like this whole aspect of like these massive puzzles with just crazy wordplay and stuff in it. That's just, here, what was it? Screen rant. I hate you, screen rant, so much. I hate. I hate everything about these stupid subscribe to continue reading things. I know they're trying to make money, but still. But no, I looked at one of them and it was like literally like this big chart and just had like like a connecting dots kind of thing going on with it. It was just it made zero sense. Let me see if I can get to it before it blocks me. Yeah, like this stuff. <laughs> it's just like a whole bunch of stuff and it's all like wordplay and stuff. It's just like wall of text with crazy logic behind it. And see like here, all of his inner thoughts has all this other meaning with it as well. And it's all like code. It's just, I don't understand. <laughs> like, I don't even think I would, I, it's, it makes you wonder at some point, it's like, just leave it. Just don't even translate it. <laughs> just go with it. Just put a little subtitle. that says they're it doing looks crazy like he's, stuff. He's, he's doing translator notes all over the place. Yeah. Kind of have to. But like I said, I give a lot of respect for him. I mean, like well, I said, that, not wanting to break it. I and that's that's what I, I I've said before. I mean, I I respect a translator for trying to keep the intent more than I I respect somebody who's trying to adjust things. Yeah, it probably wasn't being paid well enough for it as usual. But yeah, big 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 sad, but. Like I said, it'll, it'll still go on, just unfortunately not with them. I almost thought it was the same translator that was doing the novels, but I think it's a different person. So, the novels for Makamonatari, by the way, Monatari series. Sorry. So there you go, there you go. Uh, here's a pretty interesting bit. I don't know if you've seen my video where I was talking about this, but I recently did a YouTube video talking about uh, Toshio Okada, who of course is the um, producer. He was the co-founder and stuff for Gainax, and he's been pretty vocal about the industry for quite a while now, but he recently released a video, and then um, Animator animator Dormitory, I think that's what they're called, uh, they translated it and posted it in a video, and it had some really interesting in, insights into, namely production committees. I, I've talked, we've talked in the past a lot about the aspect of like, the issues in the anime industries is the fact that the production committee comes together and they invest money into creating an anime. And there's always a, an aspect of investing the money in order for some payback for that money invested. So if it's a, if good small company is in the production committee, it's obviously because they want rights to make figures. If a record labels is make putting money into it, it's obvious that they want to be able to um, make music into it. Like no name, put no name music in there, sell records, all that kind of stuff. Everybody invests in a production committee in order to make back their investment or to get a part of the money back from whatever the anime itself makes. Now, my argument's always been it's a twofold problem, the idea that production committee is offering too little money to a studio to make an anime, and the anime studio is accepting too little money, and so they have to not pay people very well. What 
Toshio Okada comes into play here with his statements and what's more interesting about it and it adds another layer to this whole argument is what essentially, in a nutshell, is committee-induced caps. <laughs> this is where things get really, really interesting in a sad way. Um, so what essentially what he was explaining in this video is that when a anime comes to get made, you have usually the person that's sort of the the main trigger, like the, per, the, the production group that wants to really start it up, the uh, producer that really wants to kick things off. They'll come forward and they'll go, because we want to make an anime for this show. I only want to put in a certain amount, but I still want to be the majority owner. So what they essentially do is they go, well, I need to make, let's, to make math easy, I need to have 50% ownership or I have to invest 50% of the total investment in order to have 50% of ownership of the property. So I'm going to put in $500,000. That's all I want to put into this. What does that mean? The total investment, the total finances for that project would be a million dollars. Now, where the problem comes into that whole thing is that you have most anime taking through two, three plus million dollars to make. So by the initial investor wanting to retain full ownership of the project and putting only so much into it, they essentially create a cap for how much is invested in the total project. And again, the reason why they do that is so that they can then go to other people and say, okay, do you want to invest in this project? Yeah, sure, I'll give you this, you know, $10 million. No, 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 no. You can only give me $50,000 because I don't want you to have too much ownership of it. Again, that initial person that starts the project limits the rest of the investors so that they retain the majority ownership of it. And this kind of gets even worse as it goes on because he goes on to explain how there's essentially an old guard. And this is assumed, you know, you assume that there's probably a bunch of, you know, veterans within the anime industry that's keeping things the way they are because they want to retain control over right. everything. They're talking about there's, a, of course, an increased amount of uh, foreign investors that want to get involved in anime. Anime is huge right now. Obviously, China, United States, maybe in Europe. There's other countries where there's investors that want to invest in anime because obviously it's a growing market. And what he said is that when you have groups like China coming in and going, they'll come in and say, I want to offer $10 million to make an anime. What does the studios do? Or what does the producers do? Oh, cool. Yeah, come on in the door. We'll, we have some anime project that we want to put together. And again, what do they do? They limit how much they can put into the anime project because they don't want that person to own the anime that they're about to make. So what they do is they go, well, we don't want to turn down $10 million. So what they do is they go, okay, well, we'll split up that $10 million into 20 different projects. That way, you win as a Chinese investor because you'll win because you're essentially going to have 20 anime in your portfolio that you've invested in. And that what, what does that do, Chris? Winter 2023. Despite the fact that anime is struggling to be produced right now, and not much money is being put into the production of the anime, there's still a lot of anime being created because why? They're getting these big investors from the outside and they're investing in smaller projects or they're investing small amounts into multiple projects. And that's why we're seeing, according to Toshio Okada, that's why we're seeing 60 plus anime in a season. It finally explains why there's so much anime being produced right now, despite the fact that each individual one is struggling to be produced. Because that... That low, that capped investment that's keeping it so low, and how much it's they're getting to make the anime, 
What is that creating? The necessity to go to China to animate because they don't have much money to produce the anime because they're capping how much is being put into the anime itself. Again, it's stuff that makes sense. It's stuff that I'm, I, I, he's talking and I'm going, yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> like nothing he's, te- nothing he's saying contradicts anything. It makes perfect sense. It explains why they don't have much money to make anime. It explains why the animators are getting paid so little. It explains why these studios are accepting these. Because if they don't accept it, again, they're kicked out. It's this old dog, old, old guard mentality and the idea that if you don't work with us, if you don't play by our rules, get out. This, this is all being controlled by these big wigs producers that are controlling everything. They're controlling how much is invested in the show because they want to keep ownership. This is, this is probably my assumption. These are probably like Aniplex. It's probably Shueisha and stuff like that. These are the big dogs that are controlling how the system works. And you know the first thing that came to my mind when I thought about this, really started thinking about this? Netflix. Remember when Netflix first started getting anime? What do we hear? These studios were loving them. They were talking about how Netflix came to their door and put down a suitcase and said, make whatever you want to make, and they were excited. But you know, I guess what happened? I bet you, and this is pure speculation, I bet you Netflix, at some point, wanted to get their name out there in Japan. And so they had to start talking to broadcasters and stuff. And I bet you what those broadcasters and those production committee people were doing? Yeah, come on in. Um, Sit down. Let me tell you how this works. <laughs> I bet you they told Netflix... I can get you 10 shows to put on your, your, your streaming service in a year. All you got to do is play by my rules. Stop throwing money around and setting expectations too high. You're going to invest this much. That's it. And I bet you Netflix was probably like, that's all we have to pay? Sure. We'll play by your rules. It, it, like I said, the moment I'm watching this, this, this talk that he's given, I'm like, all this makes sense. Every bit of this makes sense, and it fits in with how I'd expect this industry is running. Your thoughts? I I don't disagree with what you're saying. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a little bit of a kink in it. Mm. Not necessarily. Um, I think that you're kind of thinking um, backwards in in respect to the way that they do things, and and this is just take into consideration what i said or what toshio said well basically what you're 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 taking what he said as the the old guard and you're thinking from a western perspective of hey the there's always the big wigs hovering over everything the 80 not old saying, farts that want to keep things right. the way they are you're not wrong but think of it from the perspective of a more along the lines of somebody who doesn't want to rock the boat. So you have the guy who is uh, you, you receiving the guy who's got lots of money and saying, yeah, our boss is over here. He's, he's, we, we, we don't want to overwhelm him or we don't want to change things up too much. He's, he's, he's an old dusty old man and he's, mm, I 100% continue on. I just a hundred percent disagree with that. He's saying, Toshio is saying, it is a control thing. It has nothing to do with not rocking the boat. It is literally a control thing. This is how we play the game, and you do not right, change it. but what I'm saying is more along the lines of that there is somebody that is kind of the imme- intermediary 
who knows what the old dusty old man wants and is changing it along the way. Not necessarily that the old man is doing it or that basically the system is in place and the system is, is shifting is, is kicking out the bugs. Not necessarily that anybody along the road is actually doing any of these things. So when when you have the old guard, think of it more as the system itself, not necessarily any of these people, because they don't want to they don't want to change things in general. Not necessarily that the old man will say, no, you can't you can't have this this anime done for ten million dollars. Not necessarily the immediate intermediary is doing it because he thinks he's doing what his boss wants him to do. And it's not necessarily the people that are bringing the money because they're, they don't really care either way. Um, if you're going to give me a cheaper anime, I'm going to do a cheaper anime. Or if I'm getting 20 anime for the price of one, I'm going to take 20 anime for the price of one. You see what I'm saying? It's not necessarily that anyone, there is this idea that it is the old guard the old dusty old man deciding these things, but maybe necessarily he's not actually doing it. Um, maybe somebody brought him up a, a $10 million one at one point and the intermediary took it to him saying, Hey boss, I can get you a $20 million uh, anime built. And he's like, no, I don't want that. One time, 20 years ago. Now it, he may not necessarily care if he does a $20, $20 million anime, but he's not going to ever get it again because that's the way they are. That they don't like to do things that will rock the boat. Yeah, like I said, I, that's not how it sounded like he explained it. Um, the The way that he was more explaining is the idea: this is kind of a standard. This is how we do things. This is the this is the usual amount that we kind of go for, and anything above that is going to again, any investments above that bracket is going to thus prevent them from having majority share when they only want to invest so much into it. They want to keep to a certain investment and they know that the studios will pull that. It's like one of those aspects of like the studio will figure it out like this. We, we always do it for this amount. They, they always pull it off. I can, I can see it being an aspect of it's not necessarily an individual person. I'm not saying there's some evil cackling guy in the top billing. It's just more of an aspect of that's the system they created and they, they've all kind of it, – it, it, the way that he explains it, it almost sounds like they've all kind of agreed upon it. Like this is just how things are. Yeah. They'll figure it out. And to your point about the whole um, why we have so much anime and how it's pushing and pushing and you're no, I, so you're not I, afraid I, of it breaking is they could be testing that barrier. Test the barrier about how minimum we can pay for it and it could pull it off. And then somebody came up and said, hey, if we outsource it to China, we can meet that. We could do it. Keep drawing back the money, draw it back more, despite the fact the fact that the the yen is having problems right now and they're they're probably facing tons of inflation over there too. Keep it at it as is. They'll they'll figure it out. The studios will figure it out. If they want if they want jobs, they're gonna figure it out. And it, it's scary. It is sad. And 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 that's what I'm saying. I I agree with you on the on the um on the fact that they're 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 getting to a point where they're they they're trying to get as many uh, things out there as possible and, and and trying to to keep things going. Um, I'm just saying that to, to kind of I, I, I think that the, I think that it's not necessarily po- uh, truly this this one guy 
that I mean the old guard I I do I do like the idea of using that term but at the same time the dusty old man as the bad guy I don't think it's necessarily that so much as the system in itself. I think that the system itself. Well, the system are those people. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're talking about the are, same thing. Well, the dusty old man, the old system, and the, to your point, it's not that they're old. I mean, this is literally everybody. This is the companies themselves, and it's made up of young and old people. It is more an aspect of it is how they've set it up, and it's yeah. how it will remain. And, 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 and that's and the concern. I think that's the thing that Toshio is bringing up here is like there needs to be an external. There needs to become a point where the Chinese investors go, look, we'll talk to somebody separate. We'll make our own production committee. But again, it goes back to that statement. These studios, everybody, everybody would be afraid of working for them. And that's the issue. And I think that's something that I, I believe, don't quote me on this. Well, I think we, this, this animator, uh, animator dormitory group wanted to do they want to do that they want to bring in investors from kickstarter and crowdfunding in order to make their own production committee and they would they would get the animators involved because again even if china the person that's investing the 10 million dollars goes all right let's go they want us to invest in all these these shows and they're all getting delayed let's just go straight to the studio and they go and they knock on you know say madhouse's door and they go hey we want to buy we want to pay you to make an anime. They'll go, uh, you, are, are that, they going to be okay that's exactly, with that? They're, they're going exactly to be afraid of getting burnt exactly. if they do that. And that, and that's what I was t- talking about it uh, when we... This uh, is comfortable and safe. Yeah. A random outsider coming in and investing in one project is probably not going to fancy them. Exactly. And that's and that's what we were kind of talking about way back uh, when we were talking about the, when the animator thing was really a hot topic at one point and everybody was asking us, What's your take on it? It's that issue right there. It is that issue. The system is exactly what I was talking about a minute ago. Nobody wants to rock the boat. And that and what I said I mean, at the that time Netflix pull it off. Yeah, it, and what I was saying at the time was they have got to fix it themselves. We can't fix it. Um the uh all you can have all the the uh whichever one the the making a, a home for all the animators people that they, they, they the can dormitory. Yeah, yeah the dormitory they all these things can happen but n- the animators themselves the they're gonna have to step up and do something we can't fix I, it i think it's a really good time to do it right now because they're all all the animators are in china now like i i kind of wonder at this point if something could really step up right now, because again, if so much of it's being exported to China, they have there's there got to be a ton of animators going. Do I find another job? Because yeah. it's all going overseas. They're just claiming the studio is you know got lockdowns because of the the sea thing, and the, over here, China's doing just fine. They're just making a tons of shows. Yeah, they. I mean, when it comes down to it, they got to do something. The, the, it, there's never been an, a time where they've not had as much attention on them as right now. They've got the government uh, sniffing all over them. They've got the the tax people all over them. They've got the the this guy bringing up more attention about the 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 production committees. I mean, if there was ever a time that they needed to get an actual somebody in there to actually talk about things, now is the time to do it. I hope. I agree. I agree. Crazy stuff though. I, I give 
I give Akata a lot of credit for coming out and talking about that because that's, um, like I said, very, very insightful. But um, cool stuff, though. Not cool stuff, but interesting. <laughs> it's interesting, okay? Um, some good. Let's get in some good news here. Um, High Dive is, is sort of limping back into the spotlight uh, as much as we always have fears around High Dive falling apart because they're losing licenses and having site issues and AMC laying off employees. Um, but no, the, the, quite a few good news came out of them. Recently, they announced they picked up Eternal Boys. And yes, Immoral Guild, Chris. Immoral Guild is now on on High Dive. It's unfortunately the sticker version. I was going to say, I thought you were t- talking about it being the snicker version. So The snicker version, yes. The, snicker the one version. that has snickers all um, over the girls. But Do yeah, not watch it, that one. <laughs> it's still funny, though. It's still worth watching. Just watch out for the snickers. But yes, that went up there on February 18th, so it was a little while back. They also announced they picked up Helk for summer. Um, but no, like I think the more interesting thing that came up here recently was that uh, AMC's uh, network, Sentai Filmworks, announced that they attained a gr- an agreement with uh, Mainichi Broadcasting Systems. So it's kind of a similar situation as a lot of these other companies contacting uh, broadcasters directly, which are technically also producers, and pretty much getting their lineup. And so with this one, it involves them getting the lineup for MBS is Futures uh, Broadcasting lineup, which currently right now is this season is Endo and Kobayashi live. Um, the the uh, the latest on the Sunday Venice, uh, Lisa Latte, that was technically an MBS broadcast version. So that was probably something they were already setting up. And now the agreement's out. Uh, but for the future, they already have an agreement on the most heretical last boss queen from, uh, from Villainous to Savior, which is the show that has the key art that looks like mine with red hair, um, which I like. <laughs> but also, uh, I noticed looking at Miami list, there's another one by MBS that another show that is listed has only having MBS as their production, which was Tear Moon Empire, which is the one with the princess that gets executed by her own kingdom. She gets... She kind of goes back in time, and then she realized she can kind of fix the issue and not get executed by her people again. So looking forward to that one as well. But it's a cool little move. Like I said, I don't I don't expect too much from this because typically with like a, a broadcaster like MBS Broadcasting, they maybe get one or two shows, maybe three shows in a year. So you're probably only looking at, at the most a show per season that, they'll, that uh, High Dive will be getting. But it sort of locks them in for a time, and that's a good thing. And again, like I said before unless this deal was being signed like two years ago, it at least shows us that high dive isn't, they're not backing down. (laughs) Like they're still going to keep going. They're still getting new licenses. They're still moving forward. They're not getting as many licenses. I would say than as last year they were getting, because they were getting a ton of shows last year. But I mean, with 60 plus shows a season, there's plenty of shows to pick up. <laughs> well, I think that we were we were discussing that that uh, that that was probably the direction that that high dive was going to have to get to is is getting themselves locked into a uh, yeah make agreements make make partnerships broadcasting yeah yeah I mean that that's the main key thing that's 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 like things like Don Machi that's stuff that's been building up over time like they make these they make these relationships and yes they can still get outbid like high dive can still in the future get outbid by companies. But at least with agreements like this and at least with building up partnerships, they're more able to get those agreements despite the fact that Crunchyroll can come in and say, well, we'll give you 10% more. They'll go, no, look, we, we trust High Dive. We've been working for them for a while. You guys didn't buy our stuff last time and <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like you never came to us. You never knocked on our door before. High Dive's always been with us. Um, we trust them with our properties. We've done agreements with them before. We Everything's signed up. They don't have to worry about building up new relationships. So... 
getting in there and getting those relationships is really key. And like I said, it looks like they're at least doing it. Despite the fact that, again, AMC is having issues with layoffs, AMC as a company is, they didn't future-proof themselves. Let's be perfectly clear. AMC as a company didn't future-proof themselves. They stuck too much to the old. And now with wire cutters, people leaving broadcast television, AMC's struggling. High Dive was a buy into the future. And my hope is that AMC at least stays afloat and supports High Dive the way they're doing, and it does seem like they're doing that now. And that gives me a lot of hope for High Dive as a company to keep going. And hopefully, Sony doesn't throw a big wad of cash at AMC <laughs> and buys them up. There's some people that would like that. I don't want that. I want High Dive to stick around. I want I want competition. So, let me be perfectly clear again. I, I like to make sure I get this stipulation in here for a lot of people. A lot of people will go Google search MBS and they find out whatever MBS has been a production for or a, a producer for, and they go, oh, Attack on Titan, Full Metal Alchemist, Jujutsu Kaisen, they, they're going to have all those shit? No, no, <laughs> Jujutsu Kaisen, Attack on Titan, those have, again, like we were talking about earlier, investors that have the majority that own that stuff. MBS did not have those, does not have those. So don't expect Attack on Titan and Jujutsu Kaisen to pick up, pop, pop on High Dive. And this is mostly for future stuff too, so it doesn't really gain them the full back catalog. So... There you go. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Um, they also picked up Babylon here recently. I was super excited about that. High Dive. Yeah. Remember Babylon that was on Amazon, right? It was, uh, they did a Blu-ray release of it here recently, but they finally got the dub and the, the subtitle version that are going up on their site. So I highly recommend checking that out. I really, really liked that show. Um, psychological thriller type show. Not for everybody. It gets it's it's a very touchy subject. It talks about, you know, self-ending kind of topics, so keep that in mind. But if you're okay with that stuff, it's a pretty cool little thriller. Uh, very, we don't get many thrillers like that. So, it's cool stuff. Uh, more, <laughs> more Sentai Filmworks news. Uh, they have announced that uh, distribution, distribution services will be handling their distribution going forward. So, this includes sales, ordering processes, distribution, or operational back offices services. Um, but, uh, yeah, so what that pretty much means is that Sentai Filmworks, of course, does produce their own Blu-rays and DVDs and merchandise. Um, all this stuff was pretty much handled mostly by Right Stuff for the longest time. Like, if you bought something from Sentai Filmworks store, it would typically ship from Right Stuff. Like, you would you literally see Grimes, Iowa, which is literally where Right Stuff is at. They sometimes would label it Sentai Filmworks or whatever, but it was, it was from Right Stuff. It does seem like what they're doing is they're probably moving... They're still going to sell their products at Right Stuff. Don't get me wrong. It's just that they had everything seemingly stored at Right Stuff for the longest time. And so it seems like they're moving all that stuff over to distribution services. So they'll be handling all that stuff going forward. I don't think it's because they don't want to work with Right Stuff anymore because Sony bought them. Because I know from behind the scenes that Right Stuff still has a lot of partnerships and programs going with Sentai Filmworks. I think it's just probably more distribution services. Probably was cheaper, worked better for them had faster turnaround times, something that they seem beneficial about moving over to them, so they're doing that. So, Or AMC could be in tied in with distribution services and said, hey, Sentai Filmworks, move your stuff over to our guys over here at distribution services. I can totally see that as well. I'd actually have to look into that. That's probably what it is. I'll look into that. That would that would probably be a good thing to look into. Anyways. So yeah, that's... Um, the only thing that was really a big question mark is they, they stated that they're, um, they're going to be moving to distribution services pricing schedule starting in June, which is kind of interesting. 
um, pricing schedule is basically kind of a listing of pricing. And my thought process there is that the reason that they maybe want to move to that in order to, I guess, adjust their pricing to what would need what that because it since like I said, distribution service is going to be handling everything around selling and moving the products. So if they're moving, basically they'll take that content from Sentai Filmworks, a bunch of Blu-rays. They'll put it into a pricing schedule, which is a listing of all the prices, and they would adjust it to what they would need to make in order to make profit. If it's cheaper for distribution services to function than Right Stuff did, they could probably sell for cheaper. But if it's more expensive for distribution services to distribute their products, then it's going to have a price increase. That's going to be the question mark. Come June, I'd be very curious to see how how and if the prices adjust a little bit. I might take a snapshot of Sentai Filmworks site, see what their general prices are at, maybe look at some premiums and some normal standards, some old, some new, and see if things sh- shift. I'd be very, very curious about that. I might have to get Web Gaming on that. He's He's like super into numbers and stuff. He probably would love to look into that. But that would be a that'd be an interesting thing to, to research. Thoughts? Nope. Pretty much covered it all. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. This one was pretty cool. Uh Kadokawa announced that Surgeon Elise Manwa is getting a TV anime adaptation. Uh this being done by Maho Films and uh Kumiko Habara uh, who's, of course, the one that did uh, directing work for I'm Taming the Final Boss, is doing directing work for that. Uh, the the anime story follows Aoi Tama, uh, Takamoto, who was once an evil empress named Elise, before being executed by her husband, Linden. Um, uh, was was the evil empress before being executed by her husband, Linden. When Elise is reincarnated into the modern world, uh, Aoi, as Aoi, uh, she began. She becomes a surgeon to atone for her mistakes. However, after she dies in a plane crash, <laughs> she keeps dying. She is once again reincarnated. Once again reincarnated back into her former life as Elise ten years before her execution. She of course re- avoids marrying Lyndon again <laughs> to avoid the tragedy again. Uh, instead, with her medical knowledge, she decides that she wants to become a doctor again in this life. So, a double sekai. She was an empress, evil empress. She almost got killed. She goes to our modern times, becomes a surgeon to atone, and then she gets a uh, plane crash and goes back to the previous world ten years before. And and then she gets a reverse because harem. Of I don't know about that. I bet you she gets a reverse harem. The the art style, the 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 key art does not look like it would be reverse harem. It looks very it looks very shoujo. Which could, yeah. It's that's I don't know why I said that. It, <laughs> it's very shoujo. It's obviously going to have a bunch of hot guys. Probably Lindell's going to come He's back. He's totally going to come after again. You know it. His name's in the synopsis like four times. You know he's going to suddenly come after her. And she's going to be like, oh, now he's different. But do I? But do I? But do I? I'll be looking for that one, too. Though. It, it, it looks... It sounds interesting. It definitely sounds fun, so... He's gonna be kind of the reminder of all the all the good times that she had with him, and that she's she's gonna want to, but she's doki doki. She's gonna be totally doki. She's gonna doki doki, and she's gonna get sucked right back into it. Yep. I don't know. It could be one of those things where maybe there's a reason why he was gonna execute her, and maybe she discovered or realizes that she was in the wrong. I mean, she's she's talking about how she's gonna she atone for her life in the modern times, so it's obvious that she knows she was wrong. So maybe she realizes that he was doing it for her. 
Uh, Katakawa has announced that production on a sequel of Maiden Abyss Golden City of the Scorching Sun has been greenlit. A sequel I'm animated. not watching anymore. I'm just trying to figure out how. There's no, I'm not watching anymore. There's no manga. This <laughs> when the just, sec- just saying. When the Golden City of the Scorching Sun ended, there was only two more chapters of the manga. And they're literally not even a not even an episode worth of content. So when I read this, I'm like, either they're just setting the goal for like the next you know, hey, there's gonna be an anime coming in 2026 of the next season, or my expectation, my assumption, and I haven't seen anything actually stating this. I kind of wonder if the mangaka is like, you guys are doing a really good job of adapting this. Because, I mean, they're doing really good of breathing life in that manga. The manga is very, the panels jump around a lot. And so I kind of wonder if they're doing so well of filling in those gaps. He's like, you could probably take my story and go with it. And so I'm wondering if they're probably going to just get the story that he's presenting and just make it, just continue on. Hopefully that doesn't turn into uh, a full alchemist issue or something, but... Uh, I would trust them. Like I said, the studio is doing an incredible job of it, but who knows? They haven't stated if it's a TV anime. They haven't stated if it's a movie. It could just be an OVA. It could be a single episode OVA. We don't know yet. So, But they did specifically say it is a sequel of The Golden City of Scorching Sun. So it's not going to be a spinoff. It's not going to be a side story. It's got to be after the end of that second season. So, Just saying I'm not watching it. You're just done? You're not going to watch Fopta? Poor Fopta. Chris isn't going to watch Fopta. I'll watch Fopta for you. Even though, even though the Crunchyroll Anime Awards did not acknowledge Fopta as being literally the best Seiyuu job of last year. She literally broke her voice. I'm still mad about that. And I will still, <laughs> I will always be mad about that. Fopta should have won. She did an amazing job. She did a lot of really good roles last year. Shoot. Yes, I'll watch it. But for all of those that are actually taking me serious, yes, I'm going to watch it. She's not going to watch it. You know what Chris is going to watch? Square Enix has announced that Tale of Wedding Rings is getting a TV actually, anime adaptation. I'm going to watch this. <laughs> what the hell? What the I heck? actually really liked this the, that that story. I liked it for like I don't know twenty chapters until I realized it just it gets repetitive. It's just too much of. Are they going to do, do it? Are they going to do it? Are Dude they goes to another it? place, gets another ring. Are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? <laughs> Dude goes to another place, gets after another while, ring. After a while, they're they literally all waiting for this. <laughs> after a while, they're literally all waiting for the first girl. Go ahead. Any day now, we're waiting. <laughs> we're waiting for you. We're waiting for you to do it. For those who don't know, it's, it follows this guy. Uh, when Saito's childhood friend Hime suddenly said goodbye, he chased after her and found himself in a fantasy world. There, Sato marries Hime and becomes a legendary hero, the Ring King. Uh, but yeah. It's essentially, yeah, his his girlfriend's like, I gotta go, sorry. And he's like, wait, where are you going? And then she literally walks through a portal and he runs through with her. She was apparently an isekai hiding away in our world because there's this evil monster there. And so he has to marry all the girls, get all the rings so he can become the ring king and and beat the the shrouded yes, monster. He literally has ten girls in his He has hair, to marry right? and yeah, ten girls. <laughs> Until he realizes Suddenly, there's a nose ring girl, and he has to get a nose <laughs> ring. Eleven <laughs> and two earrings, five earrings on each ear, and there you go. I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna stop there. There's other places you can put rings, and I'm gonna stop there though. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it just got kind of repetitive after a while. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see if an anime can pull it off. Like I said, the beginning parts of it was was fun. It was just kind of dumb harem stuff, etchy ish. We'll see. There's probably gonna have like three versions of it. 
because it gets pretty etchy. Yeah, it does get very etchy. So there you go. Look forward to a tale of wedding rings at your your local Crunchyroll, completely censored soon enough. Uh, what else do we have? We're getting some really older stuff. So I don't want to hit older stuff unless it's got some really good stuff in there. It was interesting to note for people that are watching the current season that kind of this great snow seed is going to be a full adaptation with a sequel film. So if you're watching that series, they do technically have a story conclusion to it already kind of set up. Uh, also, the Tale of Cowcast is going to be a full adaptation as well of the manga. So that's one I'm watching currently. I really enjoy it. And I guess that's it. Yeah, everything else is pretty, pretty old. Yeah, uh, Toilet Bound Hanako-kun apparently is coming back. I don't think I've yet to see any updates on that whole news. They just literally said that they, they're, they're, they're restarting the project. Which insinuates that Toilet Bound Hanako-kun is going to get either, like, restarted. Like, they're going to start over from new. Or maybe a re-adaptation. My, my assumption it might be a re-adaptation and then, like, some new content afterwards. But, we'll... We'll see. We'll see. Do you have time for some questions? We can do one or two. Where are we at? Yes, for those who don't know, uh, sadly, it's been a while, but we do have a Discord. Uh, you go to TakuSpear.com. There's a link to our Discord, and in there, we have a submit questions area where you can submit questions for our podcast. I mean, you can even throw questions in there for the, the YouTube channel, wherever we, we broadcast to. Havoc says... Favorite anime music composer other than uh, Hiroyuki Sawano. That's Andrew's um, uh, favorite composer, by the way. And what's your favorite as you Google search it? No, I... I it's the one who does uh, 12 Kingdoms and um, Snow White with the red hair, I think. Is it Snow White? I, I really liked his stuff, but no, I never bothered to memorize his name. I actually have him on my Spotify, so... Yeah, Yuki Kajiura, I've loved a lot of her work. She's done, she's done a lot for, like, Demon Slayer. Um, really love her music for uh, uh, Case Study of Vinitas. She's very, she's very recognizable. Like, she's just, she's sadly kind of similar to... I, I acknowledge the fact that Suwano sounds samey, and it, but it's a good samey. Like, I love every time I hear his music, I know it's him because he's just got a great mixture of electronic and instrumental and just great vocals and some amazing drops. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people love Yuki Kajiura. Obviously she's done like sort of, uh, online. Uh, of course, like I said, demon slayer on Noah zero. She just, she's got her own style and I love it. Like when I watched the case today, Vani toss, I was like, Holy crap. I know who this is. <laughs> like I immediately knew who it was because of that. Obviously like, um, the classics like Yoko Kano, Yoko, Yoko Kano is obviously yeah. a big one. But no, Yoko, it's, it's funny, like, besides Wano, like, most all the other ones I can think of are all female. <laughs> like, they're all good. Like, they just nail it. I can't think of really Kunihiko any other ones Rio. on top of my head. Huh? Kunihiko Ryo. There you go. Kunihiko Ryo. It's Chris's, Chris's favorite musician. Composer. The, and he did... Was it Snow White with the red hair? Or was uh Yona the Dawn? That was the other one. Mm. Yeah, that's some good music. 
Uh, Forsick Man says, do you guys take notes when watching anime so you can refer back to them when it comes time for your reviews? And if you do, how does that affect how long it takes to get through an episode? Yes, a lot. <laughs> yes, typically when I'm watching, it, it just depends on the show. Uh, but no, I take a lot of notes because obviously when I go to do videos on them and stuff, Ooh. I want to be able, like if it was a show that I wasn't doing episode by episode impressions, I wouldn't. But because I, for the shows I do episode of episode impressions, especially if I'm doing like deep diving into it, like Summertime Render or Near Automata, I take a lot of notes because I'm obviously wanting to run through the, all the content and really deep dive into each separate piece of the episode itself. Again, like if it's a show that I'm not covering, I might take a note here and there, but, um, but yes, it does technically take, make it take longer. No, I don't really do notes. It it would drive me nuts. I I would it would take me four hours to watch an episode of anything if I was to do that because I'm I tend to be overly ba- I really bad. I, overly, I don't o- overly really bad. Yeah, Chris gets overly really bad. Um, and it's the same with my Mashuka Mondays. I, I take a lot of notes for my Mashuka Mondays, so it it's making reading it. Like, there's people like, dude, I read through it in one weekend. Why does it take you so long? Because I'm making videos. <laughs> it's like I want to d- deep dive yeah. in each chapter. Think, kind of think of what Andrew does, but like about 10 times worse because I, I would try to overly analyze everything. Y'all don't want me to overanalyze stuff. I don't. You, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> Eventually, when the Patreon and everything gets big enough, Chris is going to be full time doing this stuff. And you're going to have, I'm going to make Chris do full analysis of certain shows and you'll get to see it but we need we need to get those patreon numbers up so if you haven't already go to patreon.com slash talking spirit donate now so we can get no y'all up. y'all don't see see okay think of it think of it more along the lines of this when when chris does his crazy uh chris outlines think of it like that but they don't see it i see it no i know but my my point is is that i overanalyze everything i think about everything from every angle and could you imagine me doing that with the stupidest things on some some goofy anime and i'm trying to find symbolism in every daggum thing that's on the screen y'all don't want me to do that and that's when little yuki sneezed and you know what that (laughs) sneeze means it was her releasing all of her frustration through her nostrils, which are essentially the opening to the brain. And when she sneezed, <laughs> it was that release it was, that it she was needed. A sim- it was a symbol of, and the, of wind the third that eye. Released. It was opening of that third eye. And that, that was when she realized and you remember? that she could see into the spirit realm. And that happened in episode three. Do you know what, <laughs> do you know what happened in episode 15? There was a tornado at a nearby island. Her sneezing was a butterfly effect that eventually created a tornado that then destroyed the island nearby. You never realize episode three led into episode 13. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Mind blown. <laughs> Mind blown. No, did you see that? I was trying to show No, you. I didn't, because I was talking, and you're going, look at this, Andrew, and he's sticking know, a I, phone I, in my I, face. I, like, Chris. Your uh, Emma love story, your Emma love story was Kunihiko Ryo as well. My Emma love story. I think you were pointing out that you liked the music in that one. Emma... Uh, oh, the uh, Victorian romance. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good show. By the way, it's a really good show. If you want a good romance, Emma, it's a good show. Uh, what else do we have? Where was I at? 
Alve Olate says, so... Nobody watching Shineposts. It's an excellent idol show. I watched the first couple episodes, and then it went on delayed, and I didn't watch anymore. But I really badly want to get back to it. It's a really good show. Signpost. Oh, yeah. I really wanted to finish that. I actually yeah. tried to, transparent uh, t-shirts. to get back to it a couple times, but I couldn't. Transpar- transparent t-shirts. But no, I, I, I do want to get back to it eventually. Just one of these days. And I'll get, now, and now once this season, once we settle down with how many shows are a season, I will get around to it. So tell the anime industry to chill out. So there you go. EroAnimeStore.com, or Sabanasu says Eromanga, or Ero, Eromanga. <laughs> Sabanasu says EroAnimeStore.com now forwards to BuyAnime.com. Here? Really? I didn't notice that. Um, it's kind of laid out like right stuff. I kind of figured that. I assumed that they were going to be the same company, so it makes sense. TCB says the new uh, the news of Mob's English VA being booted from the lead as Mob Psycho 100 Season 3 after trying to, at the very least, start future union-led dub negotiations coming to screeching halt, what are your general viewpoints on Sony Crunchyroll in regards to the possible big anime dubs being affected by this, if at all? What do you feel could be the tipping point for the fandom with Crunchyroll Sony's practices with the situation as an example? Um, I'm not trying to be mean, but as you can see, nobody unfortunately cares. This is this was a crazy thing, and I know this sounds really harsh, but I'm I'm just giving a little reality here. Everybody thought this was the tipping point when Mob's English voice actor came out and said that, "Look, I st- I told them I would work on this project if only they sat down and talked." He said they didn't have to sign up, literally just sit down with this group and talk. And Sony said no. I would argue. My point then when he said that is my mind immediately said, yeah, because Sony would have to pay a lawyer to sit down with them. You don't just sit down with a union and talk, even if you're going to dis- if you're, even if you're going to decline them, even if you walk in the door, knowing you're going to decline them, you would have to pay a lawyer to walk in that door and paying a lawyer to walk that door would be way more than it would cost to hire him as a VA, a ton of money. Uh, but everybody was saying that this is going to change. This is the tipping point. Him saying this literally is going to set fire to the dub industry. Guess what? Within a week, crickets. People, unfortunately, do not care enough. As much as people would scream about it on that during that week that it happened, in the end, nobody cared. Um, and that's, unfortunately, the, <laughs> that is the, the, the shelf life of outrage of this kind of stuff is people don't care after a week. They find the next thing to be angry about. They find the next thing to worry about. Um, especially when everybody's struggling right now financially and dealing with everything that's happening in the world, him not getting a job, being the voice of mob is the least of a lot of people's concerns. Um, my thought process and all this stuff, I end up watching the interview that he had with, um, somebody from one of the agencies in Texas and they were talking about his particular union. And I really do appreciate that when he was in that interview, he openly admitted that, the company that the union that he's working with right now, um, I forget the name of it, is essentially a, a culmination of two different companies. And she openly said that she worked with one of those companies in the past, and they did her wrong. And he he allowed her to say that, which I thought was I respected a lot. He admitted it. Yes, that that old company did bad things, but now it's these two companies together, and they don't have those practices anymore. But I just don't. The problem that I had is listening to that interview. It's like. 
it's everything that I'm afraid of with those types of unions. Like the the what he was, and I'm not, I'm totally gonna get a lot of people that hate that that love unions to death, getting really angry at me again. And I know it's coming. My point is, is that him, he in this interview, openly admitted to a lot of issues that she had working with them. And my point is, is that these are a lot of issues that I personally have experienced and don't like. Do I think it's a tipping point? I'm going to go back to the finishers of point. Do I think it's a tipping point? No, obviously not because people, it, it's crickets now. Nobody cares. I think the, the, the dubs in general going forward, I think the thing that people need to take note of is that I believe that over time for Crunchyroll and Sony themselves, it's going to be an aspect of them keeping to how things are. I don't think they will ever accept unions. They want to set their own rules. And so it's one of those aspects of you either go by our rules or move on. And I think they're unfortunately, and this is the thing that I thought about when immediately when I heard about this, what's going to happen is Crunchyroll will say, you don't matter that much. We will find somebody else. It's just like with everything else where it's really low pay, there's an unfortunately an issue with the company themselves saying, if you won't do it, we'll get somebody else. Um, I don't, I, there's a problem with a lot of VAs that think that they're, they hold power. I've been mobbed for the last two seasons. Obviously, if I say that they won't hire me again, something's going to change. Fortunately, no. Sony will say, we'll find somebody else. You're not that important. And that's the sad, that's the sad reality of it. There's a plenty of VAs out there that are willing to do the same job and maybe get paid just as much as he will, probably less because before they had his name to go on it, now they don't. But it's just a reality of the, the industry itself. If they don't play by their roles, they'll find somebody else. Do I ever think it'll change? No. Unfortunately, it'll, it'll, it'll probably never change. It won't change until, for some reason, Sony and Crunchyroll are making so much money that somebody gets into charge that does increase that pay. The The truth of the matter, the fact is that dubs, I don't believe in the long run, made that much money for them. No. But it's We're not talking about putting John Travolta's name on an anime. These seiyus do not hold power like they think they do. And unfortunately, like I've, I've stated in my, um, I have a video, I think it's like the five lies that anime fans tell. In that video, I outline the fact that people believe that Crunchyroll is making billions a year. They're not. If you actually break down how much they're paying, minimum, how much they're paying into licenses for each month versus how much they're making from subscriptions each month, they're pretty close to breaking even. They don't have spare money to pay large amounts of money to uh, voice actors. And again, the voice actors aren't pulling in the Buko monies. So... I'm going to get union fans hate oh, again. Yeah, right? pretty much. Um, I'm fine with unions. We've stayed. That's what sucks. No, last no, time okay, we talked okay, about I'm this. A, I'm going to be very the, clear. <laughs> the last time that we talked about this, Chris literally said, I appreciate unions and the no, idea I, of people coming together I, to make I, demands. I, and yet yeah, we still got flamed because, again, <laughs> unless you 100% agree with it, you are the enemy. I just don't get it. I don't get when people believe that you have to 100% or not at all. I, I believe in collective bargaining. I'm not. There you real, go. There's I, the there's the there's the statement right there. Yeah, I I believe in collective bargaining. Um, I I I've 
danced around this quite a few times and Andrew kind of just hit hit pretty much my my main arguments pretty heavily. I have always and and this is we've been talking about this to death for a very long time. The, the, and I usually bring it up as the gatekeeper thing. Um, the, the reason why the whole gatekeeper thing started was because of the VAs and these people, they believe that they hold a lot more power than they actually do. They really are a very small cog and they think that they are the big cog and they are, and the company effectively is calling their bluff. Then this, this is where we are standing right now is, Unfortunately, these people believe they are the voice of Goku. And so therefore, because they are the Goku, they have they can do the Kamehameha in a certain way. And only they can do the Kamehameha in a certain way. And nobody cares. They are literally just a voice. Yes, there is some people who get starstruck by these people. A lot of us don't care. We want to watch our anime. We want to either hear it in our natural language or we want to read subtitles. We don't really care about the star power of whoever it is that is voicing Mob Psycho or um, Bulma or... um, Name your name your show. Name an, an uh, a um, character and Froppy. throw a voice actor. Froppy. I really don't care. Froppy. Froppy. I don't care. I, it does not change the how much I love anime. It does not matter to my my thing, which is anime. Which is it's an odd thing because I've listened to dubs and it's never hit me as much as it hits me with Japanese seiyus. It's just. Mm-hmm. That's just my preference. I've, it is I've my... always been more captivated by the performances that Japanese seiyus make. And it's not to say that English voice actors are bad. I've listened to Mob's seiyu. He's, he did a great job. But it it doesn't... And so I'm like the last person to ask about this because I'm not as entrenched in the VA culture, English VA culture, as a lot of people are. I know we have a lot of listeners like Blue Spark that are super into dubs. There's some people that can only watch dubs because they have a problem reading the subtitles, whether it be... a an impediment or not it's it's something that i understand but at the same time i don't there's been a big issue in the english voice acting realm and the idea that i believe and this makes sense i i've experienced this ever since playing uh old final fantasy games i remember there was a big interview with the girl the lady that played lightning in uh in uh, final fantasy 13 and she was talking about the fact that she, like many other voice actors, do it because they need a job until they hit that big role in acting. They want to be physical actors, and voicing is just a way of making some side money. And so they want, and I think a lot of them will end up getting stuck into doing a lot of voicing role, and they eventually go, but I still want to be a Hollywood Hollywood star. And they go to conventions, and I think it almost inflates their heads because I I keep seeing these incidents where these VAs get so uh, entranced by themselves, and they think they're something great. And then it blows up in their face. And lately, it seems like there's so many accusations coming out with different voice actors. I just don't want to have anything to do with it. Like, I've gotten to the point where I see so many voice actors coming out that they're involved in these scandals and stuff. I'm just – I don't want to have anything to do with it no more. 
they they it almost feels like there's a there's almost like a problem within the culture of English VAs they need to fix. Is it maybe it's a union that needs to do it. Maybe it's them getting together as a union to fix it. But the problem I think in a lot of cases it's themselves and it it only compounds the issue that they're not well, going to have any control over Sony and Crunchyroll when they have their own problems. Well, this is this is this that's is not a, to say the mob's VA has any controversies behind him. I'm not saying that because I know we're on the topic of him. It, and and it, when it comes down to it, a lot of these, like Andrew was saying, it, it they get this inflated. When wouldn't you when you get um however many people, fifty people, let's just say it's a small convention and you get 50 people that line up in front of you and every one of them are talking about how the 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 sun is setting on you practically they are worshiping you as this little mini star and that gets to their head and then when they go up to these to hollywood and they go i don't understand why you won't take me i have 500 million followers 500 million that ain't nothing i mean i'm sure that that's, that's a lot a, a big that's a, big a lot number, Chris. <laughs> that is a lot but when it fifty thousand, fifty thousand. okay they got fifty thousand. okay andrew andrew set me straight and get me in the the, the right let's bring it down like a couple hundred <laughs> uh, digits um but when it what these these folks are doing is they they get this inflated idea of how much how much sway they actually have and they really don't have that much sway they're this is a smaller industry yes they are an important part i I, not the as important as they think it is but they do have an important part and it just it sucks that we are in this kind of butting heads of who is more important in the the grander scheme of things they do a voice for a character period that's it yeah, I I, I, I I like Aoyuki, but if if, if Aoyuki walked up, I'd be like, "Cool, it's Aoyuki," but I'm not gonna worship her. She's I Aoyuki. Would. I would. You would? Yeah. No, I you, tell her to step now, on me. No, no, your uh, your 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 guy, you'd probably like. Kendra Suda can spit on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. Aoyuki can step on me. Kendra Suda can spit on me. Uh, now Toyama can do whatever she wants to me. Uh, I don't know, Tama. Tama, I might, might, might have a hard time with. I, I, I'd be a little bit starstruck by her. Just a little. Would you bit. let her step on you? No, I'd take her out for candy. I, I that's that, that, pretty... that sounded really. What? Bad. I mean, I'm gonna just shut up. <laughs> should I edit that out? Probably should. I, I, that, that one would probably get get us in trouble. <laughs> hey, Tama, I got some candy in this van. Come on over. <laughs> She plays a lot of cute characters. You'd want to give him candy. Yeah, Not that, that he's trying to kidnap her, <laughs> though he might. Don't take that wrong. She is an adult. It's totally. Yeah, she's she's an adult. <laughs> she is quite. A, I mean, she's. I watched probably like probably thirty four years old. I don't know. <laughs> she just does very good cutesy character voices. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with offering Thomas Sayu candy. <laughs> she is perfectly of age. We're just gonna uh, get so many people mad. Like we're not accepting everything about unions. We're we're trash talking. I'm like not, I said, I, I'm not. We, well, we've we've. It's we've, very easy we, to get these comments so, as blankets. This is not blanket statements. This is not all VA English VAs. It's not all 
uh, unions. It's not all companies. It's not all voice actors. This is case-by-case situations. Not all VAs are caught in controversies, but there's been uh, quite a few of them recently. Not all. It's It's just it's very easy when we're talking about these subjects to make it sound like we're blanketing it. We're not. We're not blanketing everything. It's so dumb because... There's a lot of great unions. There's a lot of great people. Just it's... In the the viewpoint of what's happening right now, you sometimes have to look at it as a whole because that's what Crunchyroll Sony is going to look at it as. They are a company. Companies take things from a, a blanket value. They don't look at case by case. They can't because they have to keep things consistent. Otherwise, they shoot themselves in the foot. A company will shoot themselves in the foot by being individual. I, I despise the fact that we have to sit here and put any kind of a daggum disclaimer on it. It's not going to work. It, it's not. They, they're not going to listen like to anything we that we just... talked about NFTs and crypto. Yeah. It's like, it, I heard something negative. How dare you? It, there's, there's so much nuance to the world, and yet all that people will sit here and hear is, oh, union bad. Left I, or me, right? Me per- up or down? Yeah, exactly. Ring or blue? Me, personally, I... I, I, I am of the mind that I don't trust anybody, any Bingo, corporation. I, like that. I hate I, everyone equally. I, exactly. I, I I sit here and I I don't trust these big corporations. I do not trust the unions. I do not trust anything that puts a lot of power in one place. That is what I don't trust. Period. In, NFTs. I don't really care. I think they're a really cool idea. I don't trust people who have power over NFTs. Period. That's all it is. I you can. I am very simple in my mindset. You, if you listen to me long enough, you figured it out. I don't trust big power. Period. I like that. We should end everything with that disclaimer. Just don't trust anybody. <laughs> I don't trust any. I don't trust Mob Z VA. I don't trust. I only trust. I Kendra do not Suda know. I Aoyuki <laughs> and Roxy Magurdia. I might trust Andrew a little bit. Don't trust me. <laughs> as soon as I have power, it'll go straight to my head. And that's that's an honest thing. Quote it from the, the, the book itself. Power corrupts everybody. Literally, money, power corrupts. Absolute. It's reality. It happens every time. There's a few good people out there. Most part, power, money, equals corrupt. Simple. There you go. Don't trust anybody. It's the moral of the, the podcast episode, except for Kendra Suda, Roxy McGurdy, and Aoyuki. And Tama. What about Tama? Yeah, okay. And don't... Tama's too cute. You can give her candy. She's of age. <laughs> <laughs> just ditch the whole van thing, because it just looks weird. <laughs> Try not to have to answer that question to the cops. It's, it's Tama. How old is she? I gotta look it up. She, I would, I'm going to guess 32. How do I put, I click on the manga. Popta. 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 Oh, I thought, oh, this is the manga, so it has all the characters. That makes sense. Misaki Kuno, since we always forget her name. Uh, 93. Ooh, she's wow. baby. She's a very. Well, not baby, but <laughs> Chris, we're trying to help you. I know, right? <laughs> what, 21? No, she's, she's. Yeah, 31. Wow. I was like one year off. One year off. I said 32 and it's 31. So there you go. 
she can be offered candy, everybody. Don't call the police anymore. <laughs> no more calling police. And that's that that's a crazy thing. Like, again, this is that whole dub versus sub argument, but like she nails it. She nails that young voice character. Yeah, she does. And it's like, I just don't get that with English dubs. I just don't, unfortunately. And that's that's technically too what uh it's it's I the thought Japanese I heard voice. her in his Urusayatsura. They have a very cutesy uh, tone to their voices, so it kind of works for it. So, yeah, she doesn't work for Toko though. I, I still can't get over that. She does not fit Toko from Fire Hunter. But yeah, she's in a lot of roles. So is T- Ryu Takahashi this season. There's a lot of roles. And the OG Tama from We Cross. If anybody ever wonders that, sometimes I forget that we have some new listeners. Yeah, recently. yeah. I, I I always call her Tama because that. That was the first time I fell in love with her character. Because uh, she's 31. Actress, so, yeah. Because she's 31. I fell in love with her then. I'll <laughs> <laughs> make sure that we clarify that going forward. Tama's 31. Oh, I, I forgot is, that she was Kate from Vesta Plot. I that would totally make sense. That that, that, and, and technically, I, I'm pretty sure uh, that was her first, the first time that we heard her. I didn't know that she was Akane from Durarara. I need to check that one out. I probably didn't remember that, but just don't. <sighs> I don't wish you could click on a in order of time instead of recent. Oh, okay. She's going to be the, the girl in the little suit and you 149. Speaking of Cinderella girls, 149, she's going to be in well, that what one. What was her first role then? I don't know. Let's go all the way down. You probably know. Oh, she was Alice. Which is uh, King of Thorns. That's pretty dang recent. Holy crap. That was 2009? Eh, I guess that's pretty while back. I only watched it recently. That's why I thought it was a while back. Uh, first that we probably remember was probably Bridget was from she, Orimo. She was in uh, Orimo. Wow. Mm, what would be the... F- Probably the moment that she... It would have to be Tom Kate, was the first time Kate I recognized was, her, actually. Well, Kate, Kate was Maybe the Kate, first Maybe Kate, we just didn't look up who she we was. We just didn't look look her up. And that would be the first time we'd be like, oh, that's Kate. And she was technically in Noragami. Wow. And Galilea Galidona. It always takes like a double up. You hear in two different roles, and you're like, okay, I got it. Yes, that was the girl that was... Um, her mom died, I think. Oh, no, that was the boy. Yeah. Um... Uh, Oisama. Yeah, he has the cat named Oisama. That's right, because we were watching that episode, and I'm like, holy crap, it's it's Tama. <laughs> the random kid that mi- lost his cat is in Noragami. It's Tama. We should, we should do, like, an episode where, like, we just go down one character or one voice actor and go through all their roles. Kurumi from Phantom World. Anyways, and yeah, Hawk from from Seven Deadly yeah, Sins. Yeah, that's a big where one. most people wouldn't recognize. She like had two lines in ReZero as Typhoon. Pride. And a Kebby, little sister of Kebby slapping her butt. And Heine. The only reason Chris watched Summertime Render. Literally. And the, the brother from Ahadon Son. Anyways, that's, uh, I think that's all. Um, glad we kind of left it on a, a cute Misaki Kuno moment after um, all of our outrageous claims about um, Mob Psycho and everything. 
I, I, I do hope everything works out for him, though. He seems like a genuinely cool dude. Like I said, I watched, watched that interview with him. Um, he sounded like he want, he had a lot of passion for the, the, the unit that he was working with, and I hope everything works out for them. And hopefully they can find roles going in the future. Like I said, it seems like they're running into a brick wall with Crunchyroll and technically Texas as a whole uh, being a free-to-work state, right? So they don't really work well together with that whole aspect. And since a lot of those companies are moving from California to Texas, they're either going to have to force their way in or or figure out something else. So anyways, I, I do hope the best for everybody. I think everybody should get great pay. I wish everybody to get everything they need. Um, sometimes, like I said, it's just sometimes the reality is a little more difficult to handle than what's going on. I can't change anything. I don't work for them. I don't control what they get. So I can't make decisions for them or change things to make it right for everybody but i want everybody happy in the end i always hope for people to be happy but like chris said i don't trust anybody never trust anybody anybody except for us by going to patreon and supporting us on patreon or through our <laughs> tips links and all that kind of stuff out of talkaspear.com or trust us with our discord going to the discord and jumping in there and chatting with some great people um thanks chris for dropping by here again i'm happy to see that chris is Hopefully going to have his schedule kind of clearing up here soon. When, when is it officially clearing up? Um, as soon as they get a replacement for me at one of the places. Oh, so never. <laughs> that's never going to happen. I know exactly what that's all about. That's never going to happen. But I hope it works out. Um, but yeah, that's 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 cool deal. But I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this discussional podcast episode. Uh, again, check us out at otakaspear.com. Click all of our links over there and buy merch and support us and jump into our Discord and chat with us. I'm always open to chat on the Discord. Always can at me and I'm always open to talk to people. So, yeah. Well, that said, we thank you all for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed and you all take care. Oh,